Welcome to the Tiba Purpose Lift Podcast Series in conversation with Gia Whitehead, Tiba Business School co-founder and chairperson. Hi, Monica. Welcome. These are the Purpose Lived um, conversations. I'm Gia Whitehead, the chair of Tiba and founder. And yeah, thank you for joining us today. Thank Monica, you. I'll just give you a little bit of background um, to Tiba. To um, since inception in 2004, Tiba has worked to enable social justice and a bright future for young people and has done so by providing access to education and with unique education offerings in business. The prominence of entrepreneurship, leadership, the discovery of purpose, and integrated social engagement in all curricula are defining features which make the Tiba learning journey quite unique. The broad theme of these purpose lived has thus always underpinned and driven our work and our approach to education. Living with purpose, the discovery of our own unique purpose journey, and doing so for the collective is what we believe people are capable of and what makes us fully human as committed and caring family community and global citizens and that brings us into these conversations with people like yourself Monica Yang who we believe has lived with purpose Monica welcome to the podcast series thank you for making the time and for living with purpose and sharing some of your journey and thoughts on the subject to get started can you tell us a little bit about yourself in a few short minutes um, what you do, what you've done, and what you're doing now, perhaps? Thank you so much, Gia. It's really nice to be here. And thank you so much for yeah, reaching out and being interested um, and also existing in this world, <laughs> I think, with this um, purpose of yours uh, in education. So, um, yeah, I'm Monica. I'm 29 years old. Uh, I live in Berlin in Germany. Uh, I grew up uh, in the south of Germany. I have uh, Chinese um, immigrant parents. And um, yeah, I grew up with a very conservative uh, way of looking at the world and, and business uh, and always wanted to work in marketing and advertising and doing these um, fancy things. And then uh, throughout my studies and throughout first you know, work experiences in corporates and smaller agencies and different kinds of companies, um, I realized that there is so much need to, I guess, rethink and reimagine the way that we work, um, but also really question why we do it um, in the first place. And that led me eventually to the House of Beautiful Business, which is where I am now heading um, curation and community. So it's a community for um, making business more beautiful. So we do that through gatherings, both online and um, in person and online programming, uh, but also through working with organizations uh, of all different sizes uh, to bring about more beautiful ways of doing your work um, and questioning um, what business role can be in society and basing that more on emotions and ethics and aesthetics rather than extracting value and obsessing about efficiency and growing exponentially um, and sort of bringing back the human um, nature and nature all together, I guess, into the heart of business. And that's what I'm doing now. Amazing. And that truly aligns with Seba. So I'd love to hear more. 
Monique, um, where does your purpose of story start? Do you feel living on purpose means doing what you truly matter in alignment with your values and beliefs? Um, yes, for sure. So I um where I am now with the House of Beautiful Business, the, there is a true alignment, uh, like 100% in terms of identity, I guess, and uh, the work that I do and also the, mm, the effect um, that I can have and the, the impact that I want to create, um, very much so. But uh, it definitely took a while uh, for sure to figure that out, right? So, um, what is it that I want to bring into the world? Uh, and what is it that I'm also good at? Um, so what I alluded to in, in the beginning with these internships and so sort of this disillusionment of, you know, getting started in the working world as a very naive young person being like, okay, I'm starting. <laughs> this is, you know, I want to change the world. And then realizing like, mm, okay, that's um, maybe not my place or uh, <laughs> the, the reality hits uh, different um, as there are so many hierarchical structures and um, I guess also processes and many things that, that kind of stand in the way of doing the actual work. Uh, and also, as I uh, also mentioned before, forgetting at some point when you're, you're so in it and in a, in a certain system of work um, of questioning why you're doing it in the first place. Uh, so that like my my personal story started then um, when I started uh, working with SoulWorks, which is a purpose-driven leadership consulting um, agency, and it was really small and sort of founded by Julia von Winterfeld, who was a managing director of a larger um, agency as part of an agency network here in uh, Europe, but also in in the U.S. and and Asia Pacific region, and. Um, Purpose at that time, which was 2015 or 2016, uh, was something very novel, at least here uh, in the surroundings of um, my world, in terms of also, you know, questioning the why and uh, bringing in mindfulness and embodiment and all of these things, maybe even a little bit of spirituality. Um, at that time, you know, people would look at us like, what is this hippie uh, stuff that you're talking about? You know, purpose is, sounds nice, but uh, do we really need it? And uh, is it really business critical? And I think that has really changed in the overall conversation uh, where we're now. Um, so to me personally, I think living um, a purpose, um, purposeful life uh, is really about acknowledging I guess the, the presence, right? So sort of, sort of being in the moment and kind of sensing what is around. Um, then also thinking about really what matters um, right now and sort of in the future and then also transcending. So not being too or only focused on what you wanna do and why you're doing things and what you wanna bring into the world, um, but also how you can share it and transfer and transcend it so it can integrate in other other realms. Amazing. I think you've answered my question on really where does it start and how do you inspire others? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, in a world with so many immense challenges, how do we go forward on this theme? How would you go forward? Um, you know, how does, the, how does the concept purpose live take humanity forward? Mm. I think 
So the first thing um, is that I think purpose lived and needs to work on both levels, right? The individual, but also the collective. So what we just touched on as in, especially here uh, where I grew up in, in, in and around Germany and in and around sort of the Western culture, um, a lot of it is very much about individualism, right? Like what you pursue, uh, you pursue because you want to make a stake into the world, you know, you, because you have a gift, you have a talent. It's about um, your purpose and ultimately also in, in some regard, your ego. Mm, and this notion of human-centered life and human-centered business, um, I feel now is really outdated because we have to move beyond that. Um, and move beyond this realm of putting the human at the center of the universe uh, and moving beyond this Anthropocene um, into, I guess, understanding us as part of a larger ecosystem or as a, a larger ecosystem, and also taking into account um, more than human or non-human uh, elements uh, that are as much important and, and purposeful um, and I guess making impact in pursuing a purpose-lived future as humans are. So how can we include the natural world and environment and um, yeah, maybe also spiritual mystical things that cannot be explained yet by humans and may still exist. Um, and uh, that, that is sort of the, the next level I think that we need to transcend towards um, in order also to make this idea of a purpose-lived um, future accessible and inclusive um, because again from my point of view and where I am it's also a very privileged question to ask myself you know when I just started out working like mm, what do I want to do like why am I doing this you know and I can I can afford to take time to even think about that and to pursue a meaningful job um, and spend my time with that while other people have very different realities of course and um, are not in the position to ask themselves uh, these questions absolutely i was just going to say how south africa for example is a country with the highest gini coefficient in the world and can we expect people like burdened by poverty to lead purpose live lives exactly like you're saying when their next meal is uncertain um, so that's the one part and then just like you were saying a big part of what Seba's doing is also looking at purpose lived in terms of the environment and you know a better future for for us um, and how uh, who do we care for more now you know do we care for the environment or do we care for the people and is it actually possible to care for both Hmm. Um, so maybe I'll start with the latter question. Um, I would argue both, right? Because I, I feel like people are part of the environment. And uh, as I said before, I think we, as in many of us, um, perceive humanity and the human race sort of as separate or, or even superior right of everything else and the natural world and, and the environment at large um, just because we think we have you know better tools and better technology which might be true in some regard um, but that doesn't make us um, 
not susceptible uh, or invincible of everything that is going on. And there's this book that I'm currently reading by Rob Dunn uh, that is called A Natural History of the Future, where he points at, you know, we are the fragile ones and we are very dependent on the natural world and the environment and what we can learn from nature in order to survive in the next um survive and thrive in the next years and how it's really important to reintegrate ourselves into that so i think um it's less people or the environment it's like kind of how do we bring it together um and how do we learn all of the things that are unknown to us and unseen such as um underground networks as in the mycelium and uh, fungi and like all of these um, interesting symbiotic ways of how nature works and sustains itself and there there is so much there that is I mean and I'm not a scientist I, I don't know about these things but I start reading about it and I'm quite fascinated how um, these natural systems are also mirrors of um, you know collaboration and uh, rethinking systems um, and obviously also crucial uh, in terms of climate resilience and preserving biodiversity which is arguably uh, the foundation of our lives as well and our existence so if we are not protecting that and if we're not making an effort of understanding uh, our surroundings um, then we're taking away the the foundation that, that that we're existing on, I think. So that's to the people and environment question. Um, Amazing. To the inequality question, that's, I mean, that's a really, really tough one and also a tough one for me to answer in, in some regard, um, given that I'm, you know, uh, speaking from the place that I grew up in and, and uh, have very, very many privileges uh, in my life and have never been confronted with uh, any ex more existential crisis, uh, not at all. So with that in mind, uh, I think purpose can come from, you know, from di in different forms. Um, and as I said, it doesn't ne necessarily need to mean that we all have a personal purpose uh, that we want to fulfill and like pursue. It can be, um, or it can come also in, in other ways that serve the other and serve the community and kind of try to rebalance or, or find a new way of how these um, possibilities, I guess, in uh, that, that we pursue in life or in work um, can be made more accessible um, for, for others as well. So I think you're looking at you know, structural inequalities that are there and like a colonial history, of course, and, and how capitalism works at, at large. So these are very, very big topics that are all structural and where you can see that um, this, this theme of purpose, if we want to stick with that, um, can be interpreted in, in very different ways. Um, yeah. So I think, I mean, from my point of view, um, the questions that I'm asking myself, uh, you know, how can someone like me, starting with myself always, um, how can someone like me who has this privilege of pursuing their purpose in life and work, how can I make sure um, that I enable maybe others who might not have 
that possibility to do the same. And I think rather than thinking about, okay, I'm going now to, you know, I'm traveling, I don't know, around the African continent, um, which is also some, the, the, one of these phenomena that, that is now happening also, I guess, due to remote work, but also happened before, um, that I'm always viewing critically is sort of, okay, I'm, I'm traveling around, I'm staying there maybe for, you know, a couple of months, helping to, um, helping to, you know, build up a, a shelter or a school or volunteering in some way, which is all great, you know, and feels very purposeful to me as, as you know, as someone who goes there and tries to help and does something good about the world. Um, and I'm not trying to, you know, deny that, that uh, it is exactly that. I would argue um, now in this time, it's really about looking at your immediate surroundings and neighborhoods um, and seeing what you can do there that feels purposeful to you, but also helps others in community uh, that do not have the uh, necessary resources at the time or all of that. So purpose in that sense can, can come through this act of sharing, right? And this act of kindness and, and love and attention. Um, so whether that is helping out in a um, homeless shelter, uh, that's something that I did for the first time um, last, uh, last Saturday, last weekend. And it gave me so much but I, because I could give something else to, you know, other people in a sense of giving time and attention and just listening. And it doesn't always have to come in these big world, world saving things, um, but it can be really, really small. So yeah, that would be, I guess, my, my answer. Absolutely. And like you say, it needs to just start with something small, something tiny. And we also try, so to instill that social responsibility in our students and through the leadership and the learning to pay it forward um, and give back into the communities. And it starts with me and myself and moving out slowly into my community and my country and then my world. But yes, it's in instilling those values of just doing something that's for someone else, absolutely. Um, Monica, and, and, you're, and you speak to the environment and I love your analogy of looking at going down to the tiny, tiny things. Um, at Seba, we also have, uh, we're starting a bee um, garden and there's, there's a beehives and we're going to be producing honey. And like you say, I love that, you know, how we can learn from nature because seeing how they organize themselves and what they do is fascinating. So there's so much learning that could happen across learning. Monica, so if there's anyone, is there any person in your life um, who has embodied a life with purpose? I would say probably many to some extent. Mm, a whole life of purpose is <laughs> really ambitious, I think, and, and hard. Um, yeah, and I, I do think that many people in my life are still looking. Um, and I would say that to some extent I am doing that too. Absolutely. I don't think that purpose is something that you or purpose um, led life is something that you, you know, that you get and then you stay with it and then you have it forever. Um, that would be a little bit too easy, I think. Um, 
it's more like something that you work towards. So yeah, I would say my mother though, in, in some regard, um, she somehow came to mind and uh, because she had a lot of, I guess she had a lot of struggle in, in her life. And I view her as someone who has always given for others and um, sacrificed herself for others to a long extent of her um, life. And now at the age of around 60, um, has sort of, and in the past, I would say five years, has made sort of a transition for herself um, to balance that out a little bit more and look towards what makes her happy. And um, she's a very curious person who, you know, through, through a different incident in, in our family, uh, began to look at the world differently and at herself and she's giving that space to herself now and allowing herself to almost you know kind of start over in a way um, and look for that purpose in very small different things um, that usually come in some interaction of um, community or with someone else which I find very inspiring and refreshing. Um, so she's probably the person you've learned most in terms of purpose live or living as someone close to you. And if you can invite any three people, um, living or not, to dinner and a conversation, who would you invite? Yeah, I thought about this question uh, a lot because, first of all, I love hosting dinners and we love hosting dinners at the house. And I kind of imagined it already <laughs> happening. I was like, hmm, how would I curate this table? What would we eat? Um, yes, and, and you said sort of the, uh, and the people could be alive or have already passed away, right? So um, I was thinking uh, the filmmaker, the Japanese filmmaker, uh, Akira Kurosawa, with the British um, codebreaker, um, Joan Clark, who worked alongside uh, Alan Turing during World War II um, on arguably the first system or version of, the, of our computer, um, because I thought that would be interesting. And then uh, someone from our today's world, whom I find, um, who I'm very curious about is Mackenzie Scott, the ex-husband of Jeff Bezos, um, third wealthiest woman in the world, and one of Amazon's first employees. And not only that, but she, she shaped um, the business plan and like accounts and, and contracts and whatnot, like all of these first things at the start of this um, company. And is so, I think, generous in, in giving away all of her wealth that, um, that I would find that really interesting to have her at the table from sort of the business uh, and philanthropy and so social inequality side of things. Akira Kurosawa, just because I, I'm a fan and um, I think he would probably bring a weird, crazy energy um, that is kind of dreamy and imaginative. Um, and Joan Clark, uh, because I think she's one of the rare yeah, female um, mathematicians um, who deserve a seat at a table like that. 
I love it. <laughs> I'd love to join. <laughs> um, awesome. Uh, Monica, thank you. I think, yeah, before we end off, um, tell me, what are you most proud of in life? What am I most proud of? Uh, that's a hard question for me. Um, what am I most proud of? I think, no, okay. So I, I think I am proud of where I am right now um, with myself, um, as in the relationship that I have with myself and, and self-acceptance um, and how far I've come with my work with a house of beautiful business um, where I really found a, my home and also I'm proud of um, still having the feeling that I have so much to give and so much to explore uh, and pursue in the future and that feels that feels like something I I'm proud of. Amazing. And I really do believe that if you do work with a strong sense of purpose, you you live longer and are healthier and you know, you succeed. Um, you know, I, that resonates and, and I think you're you're on a great path and our students too could learn a lot from you. So we'd love to engage further. Um, so Monica, thank you. I, I really believe you've got everything you need already. And, um, you know, you become who you're meant to be when you realize who you already are. And I think you've, you've started to find that. So thank you for sharing with us today and joining our Purpose Live Conversations. It's lovely to meet you. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs>